Welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at the world-famous digital marketing agency, Exposure Ninja. This show, like Exposure Ninja, is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, I'm gonna be taking you through a digital marketing strategy planning exercise that you can do in 90 minutes. Now, there's a companion spreadsheet that you can download, and I'll give you details about that as we go. But basically, if you're feeling completely completely overwhelmed with your digital marketing and you've got so many ideas but you never seem to be getting through them, this is the process that you can use to get clarity on this once and for all. Now this is the audio from a video that we recently posted on the Exposure Ninja website. So go over there and you can see me talking through the different spreadsheet elements. But if you're just listening to this as you're driving or going to the gym, don't worry, I'm going to run through everything for you in audio form so you can get the gist of it. Then when you've got some time, you can go and download the spreadsheet and start cracking through it. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're on. It really, really helps us and it gives us such a kick to see people rating the show. Without further ado, enjoy. Are you feeling completely overwhelmed with the amount of digital marketing that you probably could or should be doing? Mm. Worried that you're missing out on TikTok, but then your SEO's a bit of a dumpster fire and your website still kind of sucks. And should you be spending any time on house party? Nah. Well, if you're a marketing manager or business owner trying to get to grips with all of these squabbling marketing children and figure out what really has to be your top digital marketing priority so you can turn this into a proper coherent strategy, well, the chaos ends today. Because I'm going to share with you a 90-minute planning exercise that you can use to identify what your top digital marketing priorities are now and that will help you get to grips and keep on top of those priorities as things change and as you go. Let's do this. Picture this, you're a marketing manager just going about your day, you've got a massive to-do list of all the things that you want to do. And then someone helpful comes over to your desk and they're like, hmm, have you ever thought that we should maybe try this thing? And you look at them like they've just asked you to shave their toes. You're like, I've already got a million things to do and no time to do it. Thanks for the input. Maybe you look at your marketing to-do list and it's longer than the list of things that's wrong with Sharknado. I get it. Maybe you close your eyes at night and imagine Gary V ripping into you because your industrial manufacturing business isn't killing it on TikTok. I get it. Or if when you look at your marketing to-do list, you feel like you're trying to empty the Pacific Ocean with a teacup. I get it. Maybe you're even watching digital marketing tutorial videos on YouTube because honestly, the thought of tackling the mount marketing backlog is just so intimidating. You'd rather get a Tiger King haircut. I get it. There's a staggering amount of digital marketing stuff that we're all expected to do. If you're a high achiever, you probably feel like a lazy slug for not smashing it out of the park in every area. Why isn't your website ranking at the top of Google? Why isn't your pay-per-click returning 50 times ROI? Why is your website not converting at 15%? Why is your social media suck? 
and so on and so on. Well, my friends, it's your lucky day because today your fairy god ninja is here to give you some clarity. I'm gonna share with you a five-step process that takes about 90 minutes to complete. That's 18 minutes a step. Yes, that's right, friends. This isn't a five-minute process that you use to build a digital marketing strategy because honestly, something as important as this deserves a little bit more time than that. This is one and a half hours of focused attention. These five steps can either be done on consecutive days, which is actually how I'd recommend that you do them, or if you're the sort of person person that eats your entire birthday cake in one sitting, then of course you're welcome to go through the whole process end to end. What you will need to get started with this is one roll of sticky tape, one pair of scissors, three safety pins, one knife, and one ninja star. So to start with, we're gonna stick all of these items in a strip at the base of your door. That way, those lovely but annoying people that you live or work with aren't gonna disturb you as you go through this extremely important process. The only other thing that you will absolutely definitely need is to go to exposureninja.com forward slash 90. That's exposureninja.com forward slash nine zero, because from there you'll be able to download the spreadsheet that we're gonna use in this process. Yes, we're using a spreadsheet template. Now, if you're a little bit like me and the thought of organizing it, things into spreadsheets isn't really your vibe, I don't want you to worry. Trust me, this spreadsheet is different. Number one, it actually saves you a whole bunch of time. And number two, it's actually really simple. So simple that dare I say it's even a little bit fun. Well, fun for a spreadsheet. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash 90 to download the spreadsheet now. It's gonna save you a whole bunch of time. Let's begin. Now, by the way, this process is actually distilled from the one that we use inside Exposure Ninja. Now we've worked across hundreds of client campaigns over the years in every imaginable market and we've turbocharged the living daylights out of businesses way more boring than yours. So we know this process works. What we've done is taken the process that we use internally, simplified it a bit, shortened it into something that can be done in 90 minutes. You don't need any experience to do this at all. So that's what we're gonna be working through today. Okay, Tim, what's the plan? Well, there are five sections to this exercise. The first step is taking stock and setting goals. Now in this step, we're gonna be setting some digital marketing goals for your business. This is really important because knowing the direction of travel is usually a very good first step. We're also gonna be getting absolutely 1 million percent clear on your business's core messages and marketing positioning because some businesses actually aren't that clear on their positioning. These marketing messages are gonna form the basis of everything else that you do, so it's really important to be crystal clear on them at the start, which is why we focus on this stuff in day one. The next step is to focus on your website and in particular improving the performance of your website. Now your website is gonna be central to your entire digital marketing campaign. So if your site sucks, everything that you do is gonna suck. You can't really outmarket a bad website, which is why that is really important and that's what we cover on day two. After that, we're gonna focus on driving more traffic to your business. Now there's two ways that we're gonna do this. On day three or section three, if you're doing this all in one go, we're gonna look at organic traffic, which is driving more traffic through your website's content and the content that your business is putting out and also making sure your website is optimized and ranking well on search. Then on section four or day four, we're gonna be looking at paid traffic sources. This is basically running ads. Now, which ad channel is gonna be best for you depends on a whole bunch of different variables, which is lucky because that's exactly what we're gonna be covering in section four. Then finally, in section five, we're gonna be prioritizing everything that you've identified needs work. Just to be clear, as we go through this exercise, 
exercise, you're not going to be doing the work immediately. What you're going to be doing is identifying things that need to be done. Then as you go, you're going to be putting these in a big to-do list. And then in day five, right at the end, we take all of these to-do list items and work out what your priorities are based on where you're at. You can then use this framework going forward. So every time Billy from accounts comes and says, hey, we should do newsletters. You're like, great, thanks, Billy. You put them in the dashboard and then you know how to prioritize them to work out where newsletters need to come. It's not going to buy you any extra time, but it's going to make sure that you are always focusing on the stuff that is most important to your business right now. I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. Step one, taking stock and setting goals. So remember, if you're following along with the spreadsheet from ExposureNinja.com forward slash nine zero, then this is going to be very straightforward. If you're just listening or watching this and you're going to do it later on, that's absolutely fine. I'm going to talk you through the whole process anyway. Now, when you get this template, you're going to notice that there are different tabs along the bottom. These correspond to each of the different days. So on day one, where we're going to be taking stock and setting goals, you'll see that we start off with the goal setting component. Now we always suggest that you set a 12 month goal for your digital marketing as well as three month milestones. The 12 month goal gives you the big thing to be shooting for. So this is usually a traffic goal, a revenue goal or a conversions goal. Now when you're setting goals for your digital marketing, we suggest using either a revenue goal or a conversion goal. You can set traffic goals, but usually that's a bit of a mistaken thing to do because you don't actually make money from traffic. You only make money from conversions and it's not much use getting loads of traffic if it's not turning into business for you. So we'd suggest using either a revenue or conversions goal. Obviously, if you're selling ad impressions, then you know, a traffic goal is going to be fine. Your 12 month goal is the annual thing that you're going to be shooting for. And then the three month goals serve as milestones. These are designed to both show you that you're on track towards your 12 month goal. So you don't wake up at 11 and a half months and realize that you're way off track and you're never going to hit your annual goals. So they keep you on track and show that you're moving in the right direction but also they keep the energy on, they keep the heat. You know, sometimes if you set a really long time scale goal, you're just like, yeah, I can figure that out later. Tomorrow me will sort that out. Whereas if you have a much shorter deadline goal, like cramming your homework and doing it just before it's due in, if you're the sort of person that always did your homework on the night before it was due, then you know the importance of having a tight goal window, which is why a three month goal is a good one to set because it allows you time to get stuff done, but doesn't give you so long that you can procrastinate. The next thing that you'll need to do in section one is answer some marketing questions about your business. So these are fairly fundamental business and positioning questions. And the reason it's really good to be clear on your marketing positioning and your benefits and your target audience is because this will guide everything that follows. If you're not clear on this stuff ahead of time, then what you can find is that you do a whole bunch of stuff and it doesn't work because actually you haven't necessarily been clear on the audience that you're trying to pick up. Where you need to get to is that the answers to these questions roll off the tongue really quickly. So it's okay if as you're going through these, you spend a bit of time thinking about them, getting them right, running them past other people on your team. That's a good thing to do. But if they come off your tongue immediately, that's fantastic because it means that all of this stuff is clear. That's where we need to get to. So the questions that you want to answer are in three words, what's the tone of voice for your company? So this might be things like friendly, trustworthy, reliable, or relatable, or it might be things like aggressive. It might be optimistic it might be uh, safe. You need to think about the personality of your business and try and identify what those personality traits are in three words. That helps you get it really clear in your mind. The next question is, in one sentence, what does your company do? 
and for whom. For example, we help ambitious SMEs grow through the world's most effective digital marketing. What's the one sentence that describes exactly what you do and who your target audience is? Now, here's a clue. If your marketing hasn't been particularly effective recently, sometimes you might find that it's this question that's really difficult to answer because you're talking a completely different language to your customers. And what that ends up meaning is that when they come onto your website or when they see one of your ads or when they follow you on social, they don't actually know what you do. Next question, what is the core need that's driving your customers purchases? And by the way, the core need is not because they want greater efficiency at work. The core need is the psychological driver that helps them make that choice. So for example, their core need might be that they are trying to demonstrate to the other people in their organization that they're good at their job. They might be trying to secure a pay rise, they might be looking for financial security for their family. So we're talking about the further down thing, you know, nobody wants wants an iPhone. They want an iPhone because it's going to help them to do things or it's going to make them appear a certain way. So you need to recognize what that driver, what that motivation is. Next question, nice and easy. Who are your main competitors? The next question is what is your call to action or your lead capture offer? So this is the thing that you offer on your website to encourage people to engage with you. Now, obviously, this is more important for service businesses. So lead generation websites than it is for e-commerce. If you're an e-commerce business, what you can do instead is flip the and think about what's the thing that you offer on your website that encourages the people to sign up for your email list. So how can you offer something which is attractive and compelling to people? If you struggle with this answer, then check out the other videos on our Exposure Ninja YouTube channel where we do things about how to improve your website's conversion rate. And the final marketing question in this section is what are likely to be your customers' key objections to claiming this call to action? So if, for example, you're a solicitor's firm and the call to action on your website is to book a free consultation, what are the key objections that your customers are going to have about doing that? For example, they're going to try and sell me, or I don't know if I'm right for them, or they might be too far away, or I don't know where they're based, or this might be really expensive. So think about those key objections because we're going to need to keep those in mind as we're looking at the rest of the day's work. Then we've got some really quick questions about your target audience. Who is your target customer? What is their age, location, income bracket, job, interest? What's the primary social network that they use? And are there any important trends in your industry or amongst your customers? The more detail you can get about your perfect customer, the better. Because what you really want to do is you want to be creating your marketing and advertising for one specific person, one person that you know so well, you can create something that really resonates with them. Now, a lot of people are scared about exclusion other people that don't fit that customer profile. I wouldn't worry about that too much. If you can absolutely nail your message for that one target customer, what you're going to find is that you get resonance with people that are like them anyway. The final four things are just some housekeeping general admin stuff so that you can speed up your progress through the rest of the week. So firstly, do you have access to Google Search Console? Secondly, do you have admin access to Google Analytics? Thirdly, is conversion tracking set up up correctly in Google Analytics. So do you know when you're getting a conversion on your website? Does it show up in Google Analytics? And are those conversions things that are meaningful to you like emails or contact forms or phone calls rather than things like how many pages someone has viewed on your site? And then the final question is, do you have a login for your website or your content management system? This is going to allow you to make the changes that you need to on your site. So if you have all those tools and once you've answered those questions, you have done step one, you're ready to move on to step two. 
Okay, so in step two, we're gonna be running through a checklist on your website. Now, the goal of this checklist is to make sure that your website is working as hard as it possibly can for you. Like we said earlier, the website is the center of everything that you do with your digital marketing. Almost always, you are driving people to a website. Even if you're going heavy on social, people are gonna be checking out your website and often it'll be your website where they actually convert, where they turn into a lead or sale. So if your website is not working hard, your digital marketing is not working hard hard. Now I'm not going to go through the full list of checklist questions because you can see them at ExposureNinja.com forward slash 90. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out a few which are particularly important for you right now. So the first question is potentially the most painful and that is, is your website modern and attractive? Now the benchmark that I want you to use here is looking at your website, would you say it deserves to be the top site in your industry? Does your website really look good enough? Really, if you're honest with yourself. Now, I mean modern and attractive enough to deserve ranking number one on Google and in your space. Is your site the one that your competitors put up on the wall when they're redesigning their website and they say, we want our new site to look as good as that? That should be the standard that you aim for with your website, being completely honest. The next crucial element in this section is, are your calls to action clear and prominent? This is about the layout of your page and making sure it's very, very obvious on every single page on your website what you're expecting the visitor to do next. On most websites, this is not the case at all. The pages are informational, they're designed to educate, but they're not designed to get the visitor to take any action. And that's why the website underperforms. And the final section is about trustworthiness. Does your website display clear trust signals? So we're talking about things like testimonials, review stars, case studies. Basically, if you can't answer why people should work with you and why they should trust you, they won't. So can a potential customer understand Understand from your website, any page on your website, that you're actually as good as you know you are. You really can't go too far with trust signals and credibility. Again, most sites just don't focus on this at all because you, the business, or you, the marketing manager, you know how good you are. Well, the trouble is customers coming onto your site, they don't know how good you are yet. And if you're asking them to take a massive leap of faith in order to connect with you and start doing business, there are going to be some people that just don't do that. Whereas if you can give them overwhelming proof that other people at that decision point have made the decision you're asking your customers to make and they've been really pleased with that decision afterwards, that goes a long way to building the trust and credibility. You need to have a really high performing website. So go through the entire checklist in section two. And what that'll do is that'll give you a bunch of to-do lists of things to tweak on your website to improve its performance. Now, remember, you don't need to do these things right now. You can put them in your prioritized to-do list in the tab. And then when we come to section five, we'll run through a process to prioritize all of this stuff so that you can have clarity on exactly what you need to do now. So now that you've taken a look at getting your website sorted, it's time to start thinking about traffic. We always like to see a business with a strong source of organic traffic, either from search or social media, because this is not only a massive potential traffic source, i.e. you can drive lots and lots of people and build a lot of visibility through these organic sources, but there's also no individual cost of these channels. So let's say that you've got a website at the top of Google for a whole bunch of different terms and you're getting 50,000 visits per month. You're not paying a penny for any of those visitors. They're gonna be really good quality because organic traffic 
traffic tends to be, and it's completely free of charge. Well, contrast this with a business that's completely reliant on paid traffic, and you can see that they're gonna have to be paying for every single visitor. So whilst that gives them a bit of security, knowing that they can turn up and they can turn things down as they need, that's a bit of an expensive lifeline to be hooked up to because they're gonna have to pay for every single click, and as soon as they stop paying, that visibility goes away. This is why almost all of our most successful clients have a really significant portion, in fact, the most significant portion of all of their website and their business's traffic is from organic sources. So that's why that's the focus of this section. Now, section three is all about increasing the organic traffic to your business. So organic is traffic that you're not directly paying for. For example, it's coming from search engines or it's coming from social media of its own accord. Now, there's actually three parts to section three, you lucky people. So in the spreadsheet, you'll see a page optimization tab, a competitor analysis tab, and also a content schedule tab. The page optimization tab is going to help you get to grips with your website's SEO. So where is your site particularly strong and where does it need a bit of work in order to compete? So there's a checklist that you can run through the main pages on your website and see where you stack up here. The second tab is all about competitor analysis. So what's their SEO and what's their content strategy? Remember in section one, we identified your main competitors. Well, in section three, we actually get to analyze them and find out what they're doing particularly well or particularly poorly. Now, it's actually really good if you've got someone in your space that's doing a fantastic job because you then don't have to come up with a strategy necessarily to beat them. You can see what they're doing and just dial it up a bit. So if you've got some competitors doing a really good job, don't get discouraged, get excited because it shows that doing that thing can help get your business some extra growth. Great, you're not stepping into the unknown. If of course you're in a market where you've got competitors that aren't doing anything particularly good, so you're gonna be coming up with this stuff yourself. That's also pretty cool because it means that you're not gonna to have to completely go mental in order to win. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So they tell me. Thirdly, there is a content schedule. You can use this if your blog post and your website content has been a little bit lacking. So it'll give you some guidelines and it'll give you a framework that you can use to plan out your website content and also plan the publishing of it as well to make sure all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. If you're a super overachiever, there's even a bonus fourth tab, which is your social media calendar. So you can use this to fill out and plan your social media posts for the future if you are that way inclined. In section four, right, the next thing that you're gonna do, so in section four or day four, is look at paid traffic. Every business that is eligible should have at least one reliable source of paid traffic. Why is that? Well, the thing about paid traffic is that it is reliable and scalable. If you need to increase traffic to your business for whatever reason, let's say that you've just hired a whole bunch of new sales team or somebody's come out with a new product and you wanna be absolutely dominant for the terms around that product. Paid traffic is a very fast and very trackable way of getting this visibility. So it's a really good idea to have at least one paid traffic source. Then it gives you the peace of mind knowing that if all of your organic traffic just disappears all of a sudden, you can still use that paid traffic to keep your business going and to keep your business growing. The particular paid traffic channel that's gonna work best for you depends on what you're selling and there are loads of variables, which is really lucky because the variables is exactly what we're looking at in this section. So in this section of the sheet, which you can download from ExposureNinja.com forward slash 90, you'll see that we've listed some of the main paid traffic channels and we've given you an indication 
indication of whether they're best suited to people with search intent or impulse purchases. So what we're talking about here is if somebody is searching for the particular thing that you sell, so every business tends to be better suited to one or the other of these. Most businesses can work with either, but most businesses tend to find their home in either one or the other. So what do they actually mean? Well, search intent refers to businesses that sell something somebody is looking for. The ultimate example here is the locksmith. You're locked outside your house, let me tell you one thing that you don't do. You don't open Facebook and just hope that you see an ad for a locksmith. Well, statistically, someone's likely to have done that, but you know, they're gonna be very cold and very wet. What you would do instead is you would go to Google and you would search for emergency locksmith. This is the perfect example of a search intent phrase, i.e. that purchase is driven by the searcher wanting to buy that thing. Now, let's say that your business sold something relating to weight loss or something to do with cosmetics. Well, whilst this this might be the sort of thing that people search for and at particular times of the year there will be people searching for these things. This is also the sort of business that sells something that people impulse buy. If you imagine for example the sorts of products that are sold on infomercials and sold on TV ads, these don't tend to be things like infomercials. These tend to be things like jet washes and beauty products and jewelry and clothing and things like that. These are obviously impulse purchases because someone will see a particular product and they'll say, great, I'm gonna buy that. And then they'll just go straight through and buy it. At the start of the day, they might not have had the intent to buy that thing, but they saw it pop up on their feed, they decided it looked pretty cool, and then they went and bought it. So some businesses are much better suited to that sort of advertising approach rather than the search intent approach. The first thing to do is get absolutely clear on what sort of customers you are best serving. Now you're gonna test both of these approaches at some point, but to begin with, you wanna start with the approach that you think is most likely to have some traction. Now the other thing that you'll see in the spreadsheet, a bit of a sanity check on each of these digital marketing channels because people will come to us and say things like yeah I've tried Google Ads before it doesn't work for my business and then we'll take a look at the campaign and we'll realize that actually it was horrifically run they gave it two days before they turned the whole thing off and actually it had worked they just weren't tracking things properly so before you decide that any particular channel hasn't worked for you it's a good idea to fill in the checklist to say have you run it before how successful was it how seriously was it managed are your competitors running it? Because if your competitors seem to be running it profitably, that would indicate you should be able to run it profitably as well. That will then help you decide the priority of that traffic channel. And you can also decide whether you need external help. So if you see all of your competitors have been running Google ads and they seem to have been doing it for ages and it seems to be working really well, but when you tried it, it absolutely sucked and you just might as well have just pumped your money into a Las Vegas slot machine, then you might think, okay, perhaps we're gonna need some external help to make the most of this opportunity. In the second tab for section four, you'll notice there is a CPA calculator. CPA is a really important number to know. In fact, it's one of the most important numbers of your digital marketing, particularly your maximum allowable cost per acquisition. So CPA's cost per acquisition is basically how much it costs to get either a lead or sale on your website. So if your website is there to generate leads and you want to know what your maximum CPA is, per lead on your website. And if your website sells products, you need to know your average order value and then how much on average you can afford to spend in order to get one of those sales. The reason you need to know your maximum allowable CPA is because then you can measure your performance of your digital marketing campaigns against that. For example, let's say that you've got two ad channels, 
you know that your maximum you can spend per lead is £25. You've got one ad channel that's generating you leads at £24 and one ad channel that's generating you leads at £28. Well, you know that the £28 one is unprofitable for you. The £24 one is actually profitable. Not as profitable as it could be because you're right on the edge of being break even, but it's still profitable for you. So from that, what you might decide to do is take your £28 CPA budget and put it into the £24 channel because that is more profitable for you. So knowing that break even number and knowing what your maximum allowable CPA is allows you to make those very rational, very logical decisions about the different ad channels that you're running. You're in the home straight, you absolute beast. So as you've been going through these four sections, what you will have been doing is adding to your to-do list in the section five tab. So this to-do list might be pretty long and you'll notice that in section five, we've actually included a default to-do list for you already. So some of the items that you thought you might wanna add may already be in there. You'll also be able to set a priority based on how important this thing is to get done. And by the way, your priority loosely follows the map that we've been through in this course. So for example, if you have a strategic problem, i.e. you don't know your business's positioning or your position isn't particularly compelling, this is a red flashing light priority because nothing else you do is gonna be particularly effective. So assign things a priority, put the estimated time it's gonna take, and of course, assign a deadline as well. You can also assign this work to either you, someone on your team, an existing marketing agency, or some external help that you don't have yet. By the way, hi, ExposureNinja.com. You could argue this strategy is a bit transparent, couldn't you? And just a word on getting external help. Many business owners or marketing managers view bringing in outside help as a bit of a failure. It's like I should be able to handle all of this stuff myself. And in fact, at Exposure Ninja, we have between eight and 10 different job roles that handle the different elements that we've been through over these five sessions. So don't feel bad if you can't do all of this stuff yourself. And you almost certainly don't have the time to do this stuff yourself. So I'd encourage you, if it's a real priority, you're gonna get external help help. You can either find someone who's like a marketing support person who can do a bit of it, or you can find specialists who can help you go deep in any of these particular areas. For example, paid traffic. You usually want someone who really knows the intricacies of the ad platform that you're working on to run those campaigns for you because there's such a steep learning curve with them. Having an outside expert do that stuff for you will typically pay for itself quite quickly. And if you're looking for some external help or you want our take on what your top digital marketing priorities should be, then of course you can go to ExposureNinja.com and click the big button to request a free website and marketing review. What will happen if you request this is one of the team will run through basically a mini version of what we've been doing here and they will give you their perspective on what your top digital marketing priorities should be based on what we can see. And by the way, with the tools that we've got, we can actually dig into quite a lot of depth into these areas. This is basically the process that we go through in this free review and we'll show you what we think your top digital marketing priorities should be. So there you have it. In just 90 minutes, you've been through a digital marketing planning and strategy process, which has seen you taking a look at where your business is at currently. It's seen you setting some goals for your business. Also looking at how your website's performing, what you can be doing with SEO, with your content plan and competitor analysis. It's seen you looking at paid traffic sources and also working out your maximum allowable CPA. Then it's seen you put all of this into a prioritized action plan, which you can follow and you can use forevermore. So I hope you've enjoyed this video and I hope that you've learned 
learned something, please click the little like button, drop us a comment to let us know what your biggest takeaway is. And of course, subscribe to the channel because we release new videos periodically. You might also enjoy the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. So have a little search for that on your favorite podcast app. You can just search for Exposure Ninja Podcast and you should find it if we've done our podcast SEO job right. And don't forget, of course, that you can request your free website and marketing review from ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. What will happen is we'll ask you a few questions about your business. We'll then put together a 15 minute video showing you on the screen in front of you how to increase the volume of leads and sales that your website generates through our analysis of both your website, your digital marketing and your competitors as well. It's amazing the info that we can find. So go and check out the Exposure Ninja review at ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.